Please be advised, this episode of the podcast touches on the topic of suicide, which may be triggering to some listeners. Listen at your own discretion. Welcome back to episode two of my first ever new limited podcast three episode series, Homo Theatrical. Like I said last episode, this one's for the names of the game, the girls and the gays, and to everyone and anyone who happens upon my final project for GSEM 120. I do consider this to be a safe, unbothered space for me to not only talk about my love for theater, but also rant about the shortcomings of theater as it pertains to the queer community. And because this is a final project, I do need to address queer theories and concepts that I've encountered throughout the semester, but honestly, I'll gladly take literally anything to back up my opinions and points, so thank you, theories and concepts, for your support again. Today's episode, the second of my two-part adventure exploring queer trauma and temporality in theater, as you could tell from the title, is about... Tropes? Yes, my amazing, lovely listeners, you heard that right. Tropes. And how the idea of tropes was born out of the concept of queer temporality, like queer time and queer space. So, like always, take a sip of that iced coffee, mentally prepare yourself for over-analyses of notable, and take that as you will, queer pieces of theater by fellow theater kid yours truly, and let's dive into the episode. What's a trope? Well, according to the all-knowing interweb, tropes have different definitions. But I'm mostly concerned for what it means in terms of the arts and the media. And in this context, the internet defines a trope as a common convention in a particular medium. So it can refer to anything that gets used often enough to be recognized. A commonplace, recognizable plot element, theme, or visual cue that conveys something in the arts. So, in line with this meaning, a theater trope, then, is a common convention in theater that is used often enough to be recognized. In other words, a cliché. <laughs> and progressive queer representation in the arts, like theater, falls into this trap. So let's bring back the topic of queer time for a bit. We said it was constructed due to the time-warping experiences the queer community faces, such as coming out and generation-defining tragedies, which we explored with Angels in America in regards to the AIDS epidemic in episode 1. So now, let me bring your attention to coming out. <sighs> coming out. In accordance with the concept of queer time, because it's something only the queer community experiences, it's considered its own time. 
which never sat right with me, by the way. Okay, so here's my rant for the episode. Coming out, I believe, has been established in society to be this, you know, life-changing decision that once you do, your life will never be the same. See, like, why is that, though? I mean, I completely respect members of the queer community who view coming out in this manner because then, you know, coming out can be viewed from the lens of freedom. But then there's also the reality that coming out can be seen as one of the scariest things a queer person can do, fearing the consequences of doing so. But in my own personal opinion, the whole concept of coming out is ridiculous. Albeit an example of queer time, it doesn't mean that it's one that makes sense. Why is coming out reserved for just the queer community? I mean, the obvious answer is heteronormativity. Our society has been so ingrained in heteronormative ideas that queer lifestyles are considered deviant. And like I mentioned in one of the two papers I submitted this semester, because humans have an innate need to organize, anything that doesn't fit with everything else has to be singled out and identified. Thus, coming out becomes such a big deal and something only the queer community has to be concerned about. Which is ironic, too, because if coming out is reserved for the queer community, why do so many heterosexual people feel the need to make it their own business? Are you gay? Are you straight? Uh, what the hell does it matter to you? Ignoring how society put us in this position that we now have to deal with, the concept of coming out is a queer person's own bit of queer time. So queer business is no one's business but our own. And see, we do need to acknowledge the small bit of power bestowed upon us by society singling us out. I mean, we get to control what we do with our queer times and our queer spaces. How we want to view them and how we want others to view them. If we want people to acknowledge that AIDS wasn't the general idea of what we thought it to be and that there are multiple different experiences and stories we need to take into account into the cultural memory, as well as various factors like the political atmosphere, and look at me connecting these two episodes together, ha 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 ha, I am amazed at myself, anyways, then that's how we present AIDS to be. But if we want people to acknowledge that coming out doesn't have to be such a big deal if everyone was just accepting, understanding, and minding their own damn business, then we can present it as such. But, okay, end of my mini rant. But we don't present it as such. On top of that, we always tend to lean more towards a darker, more somber take on such stories of coming out and queer tales in general. And the media, like theater, catches on to that. Hence why we have inherently destructive tropes. Take for instance the musical, and yes I'm so glad we're finally gonna talk about the musical, my musical theater kid heart. Okay. Take, for instance, the musical 
bear of pop opera. It's one of those lesser-known musicals that if you happen upon it by chance, you'll consider yourself to be special, like I did for a time, you know, wishing more people knew about said musical. And no, let me just clarify, I'm not talking about the Broadway revival that we pretend never existed, and I could go on a whole new tangent about why we don't speak of that revival, but then this episode will go on way longer than I want it to, and it's probably going to veer off our topic of queer trauma and temporality, which we don't want to do, but maybe on a future podcast and a future time? So, back to Bear. What's not to have liked? You got great music, amazing talent, and a story. I hesitate at calling the story great because although I thought so when I first discovered it, which was around this time of year, actually, in 2020 when the pandemic stopped the world, looking back, I view it much differently. Okay, little rundown. Bear follows the senior year of Peter and Jason at a Catholic boarding high school and that of their peers. Um, the show tackles a lot of mature concepts, which I can get behind, like sex, alcohol, drugs, bullying, etc. All of that. The main art centers around Peter and Jason being the main couple the audience is expected to root for. And they're really cute, and their voices blend really well together, and you just think they're meant to be and will live happily ever after. Wrong. <laughs> Completely and utterly incorrect. If you thought that way, you obviously haven't been paying attention to anything I've said this episode. And yes, I'm looking at you, past Senwin, in March 2020 of the global pandemic. No. Instead... Peter wants to come out, but problems arise when Jason doesn't want to for fear of the repercussions from his parents and what that means for the rest of his seemingly perfect life after high school. Then the two break up and Jason sleeps with a girl named Ivy in their class. Do you see these initial problems? And no, I said initial because it only gets worse from here. Ivy then gets pregnant and tells Jason, who has already gotten back together with Peter, though lying to him, saying he didn't sleep with her, which, ugh, anyways. <laughs> then someone outs both Jason and Peter, which Peter finally, out in the open, is actually okay with. But Jason breaks down and is told by the priest he confessed to to continue to suppress his sexuality and blah 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 blah. And the final cursed cherry on top, because Peter rejects his offer to run away and be together with him in secret, Jason commits suicide through overdose, leaving Peter all alone in this cruel, cruel world. Wow. Yeah. So, here's the thing. I'm not denying that these events don't happen to queer people because they most certainly do. Because of course, like I mentioned, it's important to take into account everyone's experiences. You know, the good, the bad, the in-between, and don't get me wrong, 
It's good that queer people have theater as an outlet and has claimed it as a queer space where they're free to be themselves, tell their stories, and use it as a coping mechanism for their trauma. But personally, as a member of the queer community, and I feel for any person in general, it gets tiring. We don't have the mental capacity to take in and be fed so much trauma in the art we consume. Like, we can claim queer time and queer spaces like theater as our own, but we also need to monitor our usage of it and consider how it can be destructive to our community. Take my experience with Bear. I loved everything about it when I discovered it. To the point where I viewed its story as a comfort show, which looking back, I'm like, what was I thinking? It's basically Romeo and Juliet, a tragedy, but gay. As if queer people don't have enough tragedy in their own lives alone. So going back to my thoughts on queer trauma, number one, Queer trauma should be attributed to the members of the whole community and their various experiences with the system that must also be held accountable for the trauma imposed on them. But, number two, excess representation of such trauma in these queer spaces such as theater does more harm than good for the queer community. Because then it creates a polar opposite of what I discussed before about focusing on one, in this case tragic, experience. Because with all of our attention focused on tragic experiences, we overshadow then the, believe it or not, positive and happy aspects of being a queer person. And with the whole idea of having theater as a queer space, we have it so that queer people can find comfort in shows, and you know, that may be the tragic ones, which is totally valid, by the way. Or the not-so-tragic ones that actually celebrate what it means to be queer. Because queer time is also that. Only a queer person can experience the time of the joy and pride of what it means to be queer. And that also needs to be given this spotlight. If we don't acknowledge the, and for lack of a better term, best of both worlds, we're left with theater that wouldn't consider a queer show, quote, queer, unless it had at least one queer death or follows the strife of a queer person and their trauma as it affects them or the individuals around them. Which, as a queer person, is hard and heavy on the soul to witness. Because is that all we're gonna let the rest of the world see us as? Suffering? Trauma? And again, another relatively smooth transition to our topic for the next episode. Although I just trashed Bear and implicitly other notable queer tragedies like <coughs> Dogs Eat God and <coughs> Fun Home, that's not to say that the theater industry isn't making strides to address this underlying issue. And <laughs> see, see, I just made myself laugh. Because, yeah, no, 
the industry isn't making strides. The industry can actually be very performative and have one assume it is making strides with seemingly progressive shows, but it's still as elitist, racist, and, to put the cherry on top, homophobic behind the scenes as it always has been. Which you might be wondering, why though? Didn't the queer community establish theater as a queer space, as I've mentioned before? See, now that's where things get complicated. See you next time for when we explore the idea behind why such a queer space like theater is still ironically a homophobic one on the final episode of Homo Theatrical. This has been your host, Senman Pereja, signing off. And as always, remember, be gay and do a play.